and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Hey everybody, welcome to the fourth special episode of the Less Doing Podcast. So every now and then I like to throw in these special episodes because there's some content that I'm just dying to share with you guys. And it doesn't fit into our regular schedule or uh, there's just something that wasn't an interview. But regardless, today is a very, very special episode. My good friend Ben Greenfield over at BenGreenfieldFitness.com has shared the 20th chapter of his book, Beyond Training. Now, the book itself is great. It's a, an absolute tome of knowledge in terms of how to improve everything in your life, basically. But the 20th chapter is all about productivity. And Ben was so kind as to mention me several times as a resource. And he has been recording the audio book version himself and releasing the chapters to his inner circle community. So this is a really special treat that we're going to get this entire chapter for free for you to listen to. And if you do enjoy it, which I'm sure you will, I do recommend that you go and get the book or go ahead and get the audio version. Uh, in addition, I am holding in my hand another product of Ben's that is really cool. It's called Nature CBD. And CBD is cannabidiol, which you, some of you may know is the non-psychoactive component of marijuana, basically. So THC is the one that gets you all sort of altered, whereas CBD is the chemical compound that provides a lot of the medicinal benefits or majority of the medicinal benefits without any of those psychoactive components. So Ben has actually taken this and created a proprietary blend where he's combining the CBD with turmeric for anti-inflammation, lemon balm, which is a known nootropic for helping with memory and focus, as well as ashwagandha, magnesium, and all of this stuff basically makes a formula that gives you sort of calm focus rather than sort of energized focus or any of that stuff. And I have to say that I'm not a recreational drug user at all, but this is a really incredible product. It's the, the benefits of CBD go far beyond calm and focus. There, there are studies showing how it has effects on people with seizures and people with inflammatory illnesses. It's certainly something that has been shown to be effective in people with Crohn's. So this is a, an all Ben Greenfield episode. I implore you to listen to this audio recording that he's going to share with us. It's great. And... If you're interested, go ahead and check out Nature CBD. You will not be disappointed. The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life so you can start doing the things you really want to do again. What would you do if you could only work an hour a day? Would you crumble or would you thrive? When I was sick with Crohn's disease, I was faced with that reality. Because there were days when I literally couldn't eke out more than an hour of work a day. And I had to figure out ways to not only get everything done, but get more done than I was doing before. And that is how Less Doing was born. Less Doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity tips into your life in a short amount of time. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner, a tired executive in a large company, or a stressed out soccer mom, we've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. 
For the latest how-tos and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for my newsletter over at lessdoing.com. But I want to offer you all something more. As listeners of this podcast, I want to give you the opportunity to get on the phone with one of my Less Doing Certified Coaches. I've trained each one of them myself, and they really know what they're doing. The first call is completely free, and you will get some real advice and tips on how you can be more productive in your life and get back to making things easier again. Thanks for listening, and now enjoy the interview. Welcome to Beyond Training, Chapter 20, in which you're going to learn how to quit mowing your lawn and 10 more top time-saving and productivity tips. Now, in the last chapter, you discovered tips specific to exercise and workouts, but today we're going to delve into other lifestyle hacks and habits that you can use to get more done in less time. Specifically, I'm going to give you 10 of my top time-saving and productivity tips. Whether you're a soccer mom, blogger, a triathlete, a busy CEO, or a student, these are proven in-the-trenches methods that are going to instantly free up the most precious commodity that exists in your life, your time. While tons of tips like this certainly exist all over the internet, in books and in magazines, I'm going to share with you some of the practical strategies that I personally use every day, including how I don't mow my own lawn. So, Let's start with this, buckets. I used to keep checklists. Actually, one really long, annoying checklist filled with items like write article about rehabilitating shoulders, call grandma, arrange podcast interview, clean garage, watch iMovie tutorial online, and so on. I thought I was being smart and productive by keeping one long tally of everything that I needed to get done and just checking it off as I went. After all, if you want to get things done, you need to write them down, right? So each night I'd collapse into a crumpled, tired heap, having checked off as many items as possible. Then I'd wake up the next day to begin checking off items again. Bad move. The system I've described to you is a cruel checklist that sets up a never-ending loop with no start times and no end times. Now, I have a much smarter, cleaner system. I call it buckets. It's simple. I just have specific task categories or buckets for each day, and I only do those tasks on that specific day. So here's an example. I only do phone consults on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I only shoot videos on Tuesdays. I only record audios on Wednesdays. I only write articles on Fridays. I work on books on Saturdays and Sundays. You get the idea. So if I get a great idea for, say, a video I want to create about how to make a low-carb kale smoothie, I don't just add that to a big task checklist and get around to it when I get to that section of the checklist, nor do I drop everything and go make the video right away. I simply open up my Tuesday Evernote document, I write down shoot low-carb kale smoothie video, and move on, forgetting about the smoothie video until Tuesday rolls in, and then I get it off my plate. So now if I finish Tuesday's bucket at, say, 6 p.m., then great, the rest of the day is free to use as I please, rather than just moving on to the next task in the checklist. Let's just say the bucket system will greatly simplify your life, and more on Evernote later. Number two is to eliminate TV. That's right. I brought out the big guns early in this chapter. Painful, I know. Here's the deal. I haven't had TV in over a decade. I also don't read the newspaper or listen to the news, but those are optional eliminations. Allow me to clarify. I do own a TV. After all, the occasional blockbuster DVD rolls around every once in a while, so I watch about one movie a month but I have zero television reception. And here's why. TV pushes information to you regardless of whether you want to watch a particular program, making it a central source of time-sucking temptations along with time-consuming 
commercials. Now, I'd rather pull information to myself when I need it. If there's a program I want to grab and I know exactly what I want to watch, I hop on Hulu or I use the free open source video player app Miro and then move on with minimal commercial breaks, consuming just what I want or need from that video. And a few times I have found myself getting sucked into Hulu too often or any other website full of distracting shiny pennies, I simply block myself from accessing said website using tools like Leech Block for Firefox and Stay Focused for Chrome. I'll link to apps like this over at beyondtrainingbook.com slash chapter 20. Number three is to eat simple. Now, you don't need to feel guilty about a lack of variety in your daily meals. Sure, you can use any of the 40 easy meals I gave you in Chapter 11 and a whole plethora of other cooking websites and books, but I purposefully don't give myself too many food choices. My eating system is very simple. 99% of the time, I eat the same thing for breakfast, a green smoothie, the same thing for lunch, a salad, and the same afternoon snack, coconut milk with some kind of protein powder added. For dinner, that's where we branch out, where we'll go to a new restaurant, teach myself how to cook something new for dinner, make my children part of that as a fun learning project, or eat whatever meal Jessa has created. So the only meal that gets much variety is dinner, when the workday is typically over and there's no decision fatigue or fretting over what to eat. There's also no significant amount of meal prep time that will distract from other productive activities, as making the same staple dishes over and over again makes preparing those dishes extremely fast. With this approach, you'll also know exactly how many of your staple meals you need to eat to keep you hungry and productive and how much of those meals, and you can avoid getting stuck in a nutritional no man's land in which you're not quite sure what you've eaten, why you're hungry, why you're not hungry, when you'll be hungry again, etc. Just try my system for a week. Smoothie for breakfast, salad for lunch, quick snack in the afternoon, and something new or novel for dinner. Number four is to outsource, and as the title of this chapter indicated, I don't mow my own lawn. I also don't ever go to the bank or the post office, also rarely the grocery store, unless it's part of a bicycle or running workout slash commute. I also spend barely any time on personal finances, fixing computer issues, ordering items from Amazon, or making phone calls I don't want to make. See, my personal destiny in life is to shatter the status quo of what we'd accepted about the capabilities of our body and mind, and to teach as many people as possible how to discover the delicate balance between achieving amazing feats of physical performance and staying healthy, living long, and looking good doing it. And the simple fact is, I can't achieve that for you or anyone else when I'm standing in line at the post office to buy stamps or putting lawn clippings in a garbage bag. So I outsource. Some of the key resources I use to outsource include Craigslist, which I use to find a personal assistant to do my house cleaning, local shopping, banking, Amazon orders or returns, post office runs, and of course, mowing the lawn. Another example is Fancy Hands. Now, the way that I use that is I can hire a virtual assistant or VA to use my airline rewards programs that I keep track of over at awardwallet.com, and then my Fancy Hands VA can plan all my personal travel, my flights, my hotels, my airport shuttles, etc. Another good website for this is called Zertual at zertual.com. And again, I'll link to all these over at beyondtrainingbook.com slash chapter 20. Elance.com. I use this to find an online freelancer to fix a website and make a graphic, design spreadsheets, or do anything tech-related. I've also used a website called 99designs, and actually used that website to design the cover for this book you're listening to, Beyond Training, which is kind of like a crowdsourced version of Elance. 
TaskRabbit. Now, TaskRabbit only exists in bigger cities, but you can do things like hand off grocery shopping and other time consuming to do's to college students, recent retirees, stay at home moms or young professionals seeking out a side gig. Literally, the people in your neighborhood. They just dedicate their time to getting your to do list done. And yes, you can do background checks. GoDaddy.com. You can actually, if your finances are fairly simple and you're just doing personal bookkeeping, use GoDaddy's accounting service to skip spreadsheets, data entry, and piles of paper everywhere. Any purchase you make from any credit card or bank account gets pulled straight into the GoDaddy bookkeeping system. Another system called Mint is somewhat similar. Now, my personal taxes, because I've got multiple LLCs now and different corporations running internet businesses, are a bit more complex, so I've moved on and actually do have a accountant who works on my personal finances. However, if your finances are relatively basic, which mine really were for the first half of my life, websites like Mint or GoDaddy work just fine. Next is Hootsuite. Now, I have five Twitter accounts, over a dozen Facebook pages, several Google Plus pages, YouTube channels, Instagram, LinkedIn account, you name it. And Hootsuite is a social media management system that allows me and a virtual assistant to manage all these accounts with one simple interface on one dashboard. And then there's Fast Customer, which is an app on my phone. If you hate waiting on hold, then don't. With Fast Customer, you just log in, tell them who you'd like to talk with, like your bank, your cell phone service company, your insurance company, etc. And as soon as someone is available, a customer service agent from that company calls you ASAP. Now, I don't know how those magic wheels work, and I don't ask. All I know is I rarely wait on hold anymore. Now, I could go on and on, but you get the idea. Delegate the things you don't want to do or don't need to do to people and technology, and you will free up tons of time. One other really good resource for this is my friend Ari Mizell's book, Less Doing, More Living. So you can find that on Amazon, and I'll also put a link to that over at beyondtrainingbook.com slash chapter 20. Tip number five is to be smart with email. I receive over 100 emails per hour, no joke. So aside from giving virtual assistants access to some of my email addresses to manually filter them, unsubscribe from junk and spam, forward me only the things that require my personal attention, etc., there are a few other simple rules I follow with email. Number one, I turn off all push notifications for email on my phone and my computer. That means I only get email when I actually push a button to check my email. There are no annoying rings, dings, or notifications telling me I have some brand new important message from Groupon. Now, for Gmail, I actually use a service called Inbox Pause, which allows me to put my entire inbox on pause and then unpause only when it's time to check my email. Which leads me to my next point, and that is I rarely check any email other than three times a day. Now, if someone is trying to send me something important enough to warrant my personal attention prior to any of the points that I check my email, they probably have my cell phone number and can call me. The only exception to this rule are two special email folders I have set up for A, emails from my virtual assistants, and B, emails from my private clients who I coach. I'm able to check those emails in their special email folders while blocking out email from other sources. 
Now, number three, I have over 30 different email folders that I use for email. So every email that comes in has a rule or a filter associated with it that sends it to its specific folder based on the sender or some keyword in the body of the message. You get the idea. So newsletters go into the newsletter folder, which obviously is not a high priority folder to read. Shopping deals go into the deals folder, which also allows me to skip all those shopping deals unless I actually want to see them. Email from quickanddirtytips.com where I podcast go into my Q&D folder. Emails from my podcast sidekick Brock go into the Brock folder. So when I finally do get around to checking email, I know which folders to prioritize and then can quickly read and delete and empty the others. Now, I've used a variety of different programs to set up rules, etc. Everything from Gmail to MailHub to a new service for Mac desktops called Kiwi for Gmail. Ultimately, any system can work, but if you suffer from email overload, I'd recommend simply using Gmail and some of the plugins such as Inbox Pause or even Boomerang that you can implement with Gmail. So go check those out and I'll put links to those in the bonus website for this chapter as well. Number six is to eliminate distractions. Now, when I'm working, I work like a horse wearing freaking blinders with minimal to zero distractions. In other words, my phone is in airplane mode or silent mode, or if I actually am expecting an important call, it has all push notifications turned off so nothing is coming in from Facebook, Twitter, etc. As I mentioned earlier, my emails are all in manual retrieve mode. Any browser windows that enable pop-up notifications, like Facebook messages, are closed. I wear headphones. I find music or podcasts distracting while I'm working, but I wear headphones anyways, especially if I'm working in public because it makes people far less likely to interrupt me if they see me wearing headphones. And if they do interrupt me, I can pretend I don't hear them. So be ruthless in guarding your time and eliminate all distractions. Learn how to say no. Work hard in sprints and then take a break when necessary or when you feel you've truly run out of creative energy. Then recharge and return. That's the way I do it. Number seven is to avoid snacking. As I point out in my bengreenfieldfitness.com article, diet myth newsflash, snacking will not boost your metabolism. It's a complete nutritional myth that frequent snacking somehow keeps your metabolism elevated or is more healthy than three square meals a day. Now, I used to be the guy that would arrive at work toting a yogurt, some mini carrots and sugar snap peas, an apple, a bag of nuts, a little salad, and maybe a small sandwich. And then I realized I was spending much of my day focused on food or taking breaks to eat or planning the next snack. Frankly, stopping tasks frequently to visit a vending machine, make yourself a smoothie, snag some trail mix, or make another cup of coffee or tea is distracting. And all those mini breaks add up throughout the day to suck up a significant amount of minutes. Plus, your brain runs better on ketones from fatty acids than it does from frequent surges of glucose from snacks. So ditch snacking. My standby is a glass of soda water and some gum to chomp on, and I'll often pound away in a project for five to six hours with zero meals or snacks. Number eight is to aggregate content. Have you ever found yourself sucked down a rabbit hole of going to the four corners of the internet to read about all the latest news, cool new toys and gadgets, interesting articles, shocking stories, and anything else that happens to come across Twitter, Facebook, or your email? Well, before long, an hour of burning your eyeballs out with your browser has gone by and you've achieved nothing at all. So I aggregate content and I ignore everything else. An aggregate is just a collection of items that are gathered together to form a total quantity. This chapter you're listening to is a perfect example, right? I've aggregated 10 tips for you that just work. 
You could listen to this and ignore everything else, and you'd probably double your productivity. Alternatively, you could go and Google the term productivity tips, and you'd certainly find many, many more tips, but you'd also get sucked down an incongruous, completely non-aggregated rabbit hole. Does that make sense? So think of aggregating like making your own newspaper or magazine with only the things that you want to see and nothing else. So here's how I aggregate. First, I use Feedly. Feedly is a news aggregator application that works on iPhone, Kindle, and pretty much any web browser and any mobile device running iOS or Android. To use it, I just plug the address of any blog I want to follow into Feedly, and my Feedly window shows up every morning with a list of the latest articles on the blogs I've selected to follow without me actually needing to go visit those blogs or get distracted by going to a site that also aggregates content, like say, alltop.com, but doesn't feature content that is customized and laser targeted to what I personally want to see each day. Using Feedly, I personally subscribe to about 40 different health, fitness, nutrition, technology, and marketing blogs, and I ignore everything else. I can quickly skim the first few paragraphs of the article and decide whether or not I want to read it. So for me, it's about 45 minutes or so of reading per day, and that easily allows me to get through a good 40 articles. I also use a few other sites that aggregate content for me, such as research. So stonehearthnewsletters.com is a news feed that goes straight to my email, the newsletter box, of course, and selectively tracks and reproduces fresh and reliable news and information about health, medicine, and science. There are also bloggers who seem to be already surfing the internet and saving me the work by finding cool, cutting-edge articles that appeal to me. So these are websites like Chris Kresser's The Roundup, Mark Sisson's Weekend Link Love, uh, SaveYourself.ca's Pain, Therapy, and Injury Microblog, The Subversity Blog, Alan Argon's Research Review, The Examine.com website, etc. So I aggregate, and then I just ignore everything else. It's simply not worth the time. Number nine is to start with the hard stuff. In a podcast I recorded with Mishka Shubali called Is It Okay to Be Addicted to Exercise? Mishka mentions how he starts every day with his run because that is what he considers to be the most mentally difficult, physically draining, stressful, hardest part of his day. Now, I'm the exact opposite. For me, runs are liberating and stress relieving, so I do them later in the day when I'm slightly lower on energy and need a positive pick-me-up. However, the stuff that is hard for me or requires a great deal of my mental or physical willpower and energy include taking a morning heart rate variability measurement, being still and doing yoga or meditation, doing foam rolling and mobility work, and believe it or not, writing and creating content. So I do most of these things as the very first thing in the morning before I think about accomplishing other tasks that I find easier, more appealing, and less physically or mentally demanding, like checking email, doing social media work, cleaning my desk, or even eating breakfast. Now, if you really want to get scientific with this concept, you can even split tasks into creative tasks and productive tasks and choose to do those tasks during a peak time of day that allows you to do them best. I explained exactly how to do that in a comprehensive article I wrote called Four Steps to Getting More Done During Your Peak Time of Day. I'll link to that over at beyondtrainingbook.com slash chapter 20. But for now, just simply think of the things that are the hardest things for you to do and get them done first. Then move on to the easier, less draining activities or the activities that are more oriented towards other people dictating your time, such as email. Now, there's one quick caveat to this. 
I do while I'm sipping my morning cup of coffee, which takes me about 15 to 20 minutes. And yes, I do ensure that I only give myself the amount of time that it takes me to finish one cup of coffee because tasks will expand to fill the amount of time that you allot for them. During that brief cup of coffee in the morning, I will glance over my emails. I will glance over Facebook. I'll glance over Hootsuite. I'll I'll glance over some of these websites, but it's simply to ensure that there are not any incredibly important fires that I need to put out, like some kind of a website crash or somebody who has written me an email that I need to respond to right away, like a client who broke a leg during a triathlon. But I'll quickly scan for those kind of fires, then move on to creating and producing content. Number 10 is to keep a clear mind. Call me moronic, stupid, or simple, but I have a very hard time juggling multiple ideas, reminders, or concepts in my head at one time, like charge my bike battery, remember to read the book about low back pain, check out the new website that scans your car keys, etc. Instead, I do my best work with a 100% clear and clean mind. So I write down everything putting it into the appropriate buckets from the first tip that I shared with you, of course, and then it's out of my mind and I can focus on the task at hand. So to achieve this, I personally, number one, use Evernote. Now, Evernote is a suite of software and services designed for note-taking and archiving. Uh, Note can be a piece of formatted text, a web page or a web page excerpt, a photograph, a voice memo, a handwritten ink note that you've scanned in, you name it. And notes can also have file attachments. Notes can be sorted into folders, then tagged, annotated, edited, given comments, searched, and exported as part of a notebook. And since Evernote syncs to my iPhone, my Kindle, my MacBook, and any computer that I happen to be able to access the internet on, it basically functions as my second brain. Just think of the part of Sherlock Holmes where Sherlock explains how he tries to forget facts. I don't try to forget facts or things that I need to do. I just record them down into Evernote so I can forget about them until the time arises that I need them. Number two is I use Send to Reader. I use this to deliver articles to my Kindle so I can read them later at my convenience rather than dropping everything I'm doing and getting immediately distracted by some brand new article on the New York Times about fecal transplants for healing gut issues. It works like this. Say I find some article on Feedly that is a bit too long and complex for me to read when I first see it. I just use Send to Reader to send the article to my Kindle, then check it out on my Kindle later, like when I'm on an airplane or relaxing on the patio in the evening. And at the end of the workday, reading articles on my bright laptop screen is typically the last thing I want to be doing, since I associate my laptop with work, but I associate my Kindle with leisure and learning. Now, number three is to use BusyCal. BusyCal is, in my opinion, the ultimate calendar app for Mac. It's packed with powerful time-saving productivity tools in a friendly, easy-to-use package. It supports iCloud, Google Calendar, and other CalDAV-type servers, enabling you to sync and share your calendars through the cloud with other computers running BusyCal or the built-in calendar app on Macs, as well as iPhones and iPads running their built-in calendar app. It beats the pants off the basic iCal systems that come with a Mac and allows me to quickly schedule meetings and events, then get them out of my mind as fast as possible so I can continue to maintain that clear head I mentioned earlier. If you're not using a Mac, you need to be. (laughs) But in the meantime, some BusyCal alternatives for Windows users are listed over at beyondtrainingbook.com slash chapter 20. 
And of course, I keep a pen and pad at my bedside at all times. If you're like me and you occasionally wake up at 4.30 a.m. with random thoughts, ideas, and brainstorms firing away in your head, you'd be surprised at how quickly you can get back to sleep if you just jot these down and then forget about them until later the next day. So, Everything you've just learned about are my biggest wins when it comes to saving maximum time and producing as much as possible in the shortest period of time. If you like this type of advice, you may also want to visit a few websites that I follow. With Feedly, of course. Lifehacker.com, which has tips, tricks, and downloads for getting things done. Warning, don't read all of the content as it will be a time suck full of distracting shiny pennies. Just find topics that are applicable to you lessdoing.com, which is a website and podcast by my friend Ari Mizell, who was a guest on my podcast episode, How to Biohack Your Workouts, Your Diet, and Your Life to Get More Done in Less Time. And if you happen to be a parent, you may want to check out the parenting productivity course that Ari Mizell and I have over at the website udemy.com. That's U-D-E-M-Y.com. You should be able to find it by searching for my name or Ari's. 43folders.com, which is a website and podcast devoted to finding the time and attention to do your best creative work. Dumblittleman.com, which has tips for life, including money, happiness, and relationships. And 4hourlife.com, which includes ways to simplify and automate your life, built on concepts from Tim Ferriss's 4-Hour Workweek book. Now, in the next section of this book, you're going to discover how to be able to take everything that you've just learned about and completely blow it out of the water by fixing, enhancing, and growing your brain. I'm going to teach you the two ways your brain breaks and exactly what you can do about it and the best ways to protect your precious brain neurons, shut down brain inflammation, get smarter, gain focus, and increase IQ as quickly as possible. After all, if you are going to go beyond training and simply being a good exerciser, you might as well maximize the potential of your body's most amazing organ, right? So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, a full list of additional chapter resources, helpful links, scientific references, and surprise bonuses for this section are now available at beyondtrainingbook.com slash chapter 20. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing Podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell, and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.